Thank you for choosing Talks News. I'm your host, the Wacko Weirdo Rebel Scum Jedi Hero. Ooh. And we have a uh, one video segment type of episode today. It's a bit slow with uh, my observation of the news and the news itself, mainly because New Year's Eve. But that doesn't mean that we can't go over a Ben Chaperone video as he takes us through, what does it say? How the media and big tech rigged the 2020 election for Joe Biden. As if Trump and his personality couldn't do it on its own. So uh, that's what I'm getting into for this regular Friday episode. Uh, I did a poor reading and summarization of Yuval Noah Harari's Homo Sapiens. Uh, so go check that out. I hope that I'm going to do better for the next episode. Uh, whenever I try something new, I get kind of jittery, and I'm going to blame it on that. So let the music just slowly fade into the quiet night. Silent. Uh, silent as the, the void itself. And let's begin with our juicy Daily Wire. All right, everybody. So I want to talk today with you about who really rigged the 2020 election. I know there's been a lot of talk about voter fraud and voter irregularities, but there is one sure truth. The media rigged the 2020 elections. Tim Grossclose is a professor of political science over at UCL. I mean, it, you know, obviously propaganda is super effective. It's like swaying people's opinions and perspectives. That was like the whole goal of Edward Bernays in the whole analyzation of manufactured consent from uh, Joe Biden. Um, so I'm definitely, I'm going in this completely cold, as you are, hopefully, unless you're like an avid Ben Shapiro consumer. Um, but uh, yeah, this is all like, of course, the media would have a lot of influence on uh, people's opinions and perspectives and even like the facts that they know because it's it, it is our information giver like whether you're going on uh, books are a form of media you, you know the, the the news media the tv media ben shapiro the internet youtube facebook twitter all of these things are swirling around hoping to catch you into its hurricane of information and obviously i just obviously but i don't think that it rigged it for joe biden um, that's, that's definitely a, uh, pretty big boy claim right there. LA and he's written about media bias and he wrote years and years and years ago, the media bias, liberal media bias in the United States was worth about eight to 10 points for Democrats in any given election. His suggestion was that if all the media outlets in 2008 had shifted even as far left as the New York times, then Barack Obama <laughs> won 52, 46 over John McCain. New York times is not far left. Won 6138 over John McCain. Right, the idea being that as the media shift left, they shift perceptions and how people think. In the last four years, because I mean, if we can assume that the New York Times is uh, uh, far left, then I could also assume that Ben Shapiro is far right. And I apologize for the volume I just noticed, and now it has been fixed. Gotcha, booze. Have been a non-stop wild ride of media malpractice shifting wildly to the left, lying to you. And that shifted Americans' opinions. It certainly was enough to shift hundreds of thousands, millions. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about because I don't see any media organization that actually advocates for like full-blown socialism with, you know, the degradation of wages, possibly even the state. 
uh, the, you know, the, the class system or even shifting the means of production into the hands as of many working class people as possible. I don't see any news media saying that the dictatorship of the proletariat is uh, on the horizon, that he, he's obviously just like exaggerating their position uh, to the benefit of the right wing to make them look like, you know, to even equivocate them with the far left extremists that they claim that are everywhere. Millions of votes across the country. The media lied to you for four years. They abandoned their supposed objectivity. They did so in pursuit of orange man bad. They may have... Yeah, but actually the right-wing media lied to you for four years to make Orange Man look good. Um, because anybody with like an actual critical third eye could see very easily that Trump had horrible policies and was a, uh, I don't know, a horrifying step towards neo-fascism in this country. Like he was so pro-authoritarian that I'm surprised that he actually didn't just full-on military coup the shit. Undercut their own institutional ability to survive if Orange Man Bad is indeed deemed to have lost the election. But here's the bottom line. This election was not fair. It was not fair specifically because the media have formed a triumvirate along with their friends in the Democratic Party and in so- So like Trump from the beginning of the Democratic primaries would say that this election wasn't gonna be fair. When he lost, he said it wasn't fair. And now he has the whole right-wing media sphere to tell everybody else that it wasn't fair social media to suppress information they don't want you to see and to push narratives that are simply untrue. So I want it, they, 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 they push out disinformation, but I'm interested in seeing what those narratives of untruth uh, he's claiming exist in. I'm going to go through some of those with you today because yes. it really is true that were the media less biased, were the media... I'm going to have to open like a separate window here just to make sure I've got a place to check sources. You know, you always got to check Benny's sources. You always got to check his words. So the window's open. Even Let's close to the objective observer of facts that they pretend that they are, Donald Trump would have won this election going away, not just because the economy was booming up until COVID, but because all of the narratives that the media focused on were overtly false. Okay, so first, we got to talk a little bit about how the system works. Okay, so you have, as I say, this triumvirate. You have the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party formulates the message. The message is always that Republicans are responsible for everything. Now, in that way, they're no different than the Republican Party would be on the other side, right? The Democrats are responsible for everything. The difference is... The at, least he, at least he acknowledged that the Republicans do that too, which uh, if my memory actually serves me rather than hurts me, um, I think Republicans have meetings like almost every morning to discuss what their message of the day is. And if you like really pay attention to right wing media, that's for sure on point because they're usually all talking about the same thing. And if they're not, they're doing it on different days, but still saying the same exact thing. Democratic Party has in its pocket the mainstream media. Ninety three percent by last polling data, ninety three percent of people in newsrooms say they vote Democrat. You cannot find a single Trump supporter anywhere at the New York Times. They do not. But that's the thing is that like it just I'm not saying that journalists are integral, but I would say that journalists after probably looking at the world or reporting on it tend to lean left. Um, not all of them. You know, you get Andy knows sometime and, you know, sometimes you get Ben Shapiro's. But, you know, I feel like people who actually take an objective view of the world um, will probably come out with a little bit more empathetic worldview, which tends to be a bit more left leaning. Uh, the right doesn't seem to have too much empathy for a lot of people. You get you got to be you got to be 
you know, fit fit into a box before they feel any sympathy for you. Do not exist. You can't find a single Trump voter anywhere on the air at CNN, unless they're being paid as sort of the, the straw man to beat up. They just don't exist. The editorial hierarchy and... <laughs> it's the same thing for Juan on uh, The Five. Juan is their, like, token black guy who's also, like, a Democrat who gets, like, always surrounded by the other four and just they interrupt the fuck out of him. Like, Fox News obviously does that so blatantly. Like, and I don't even really agree with a lot of stuff that Juan says because he's establishment Democrat, but it's so funny. It's so funny that he, he would say that. Like, I'm pretty sure CNN gave way too much time to Candace Owens. Most of our establishment media institutions, they just do, they, they don't include anybody who is to the right of Hillary Clinton. Just does not exist. Well, what that means is that they just <laughs> repeat all the Democratic talking points. And then the Democratic Party. Isn't, isn't that funny? Because that's what I accused uh, the Republicans of doing. But that's the thing, too, though, is that if the mainstream media, which I would believe is establishment Democrat, of course, they're going to do that because it's, you know, a part of the establishment. And the establishment needs propaganda in order to influence its citizens. Uh, but like as if the right wing is uh, innocent of this, that would also be a lie. And the media combined to pressure the one arena in American life where there is supposed to be free and open dissemination of information. Typically, conservatives have fought back against liberal media dominance by building their own institutions. Right. We built Daily Wire here. Right? We built the Ben Shapiro show. Daily Caller exists. Breitbart exists. Blaze TV. But then they complain when Twitter won't host them because they spread misinformation. TV exists. Fox News exists. And all of these exist in an arena, particularly online, of free distribution of information. And social media made that possible, right? Facebook made that possible and Twitter. I think One American News Network is on YouTube, but it's also got its own TV channel, like I think on DirecTV, uh, DirecTV which I think right now is owned by AT&T. Um, so, there, the, you know, there's that. If, you, if you're a DirecTV uh, customer, then you have access to the One American News propaganda network that was so pro-Trump, it was wild. Twitter made that possible. So Democrats and the media fought back. And the way they fought back is by working with woke staffers inside these big tech companies in order to suppress messages they don't like and to suppress outlets they don't like. And so... Yeah, but here's the thing is that editors will always do that. Editors always are the final sign-off on what is produced, what is... uh given to the public. So um, I don't know what he's necessarily alleging here. Of course, there's a suppression of information because an editor will say, well, that's not important. That's not something we should cover. Um, and that's that's as old as journalism. Like as that's as old as newspapers. There is this game where members of the media basically start suggesting, along with members of the Democratic Party, that even the free and open dissemination of information. Wait a minute. Has his lips always looked like that? It looks like he got lip injections. Have they always been that lumpy on both sides? Ah, oh, man, I, you know, that's so pointless for me to even notice right now, but it looks like he got lip injections recently. Has his lips always looked like that? I'm going to look up a picture now. Information on social media is, in fact, Russian disinformation. It's promulgating lies to the American public. And so they hijack these supposed platforms, and then they turn the platforms into distribution mechanisms only for their own narratives and only for their own messages. And they shut down and suppress all of the other messages and narratives and facts presented by the other side, even if those facts are true. So this week we saw this just the most. Seriously, I think he actually did get lip injections. I don't care. I don't care, but it is sticking out to me pretty hard. Like, all right. So look at that picture. Look, look at him right there and look at those the, the, the lumps on both side of his lips. And then look right here. 
thin little white man lips. Hold on, I gotta I gotta actually pull up the source here. Hold on. Uh, give me one second. It's not coming through very well. There it is. He got he got little thin white man lips, which is okay. That's all fine. I don't really care if people get lip injections, but like just out of curiosity, Ben, did you get some collagen recently? Let me look at another picture. No, no, never mind. This one shows. This one shows those. No, see, ah, yeah, you know those. There's the thin lip again. The the thin little bottom lip. But like, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm really just. I should move on. That's what I should do. I should. Most obvious on. example I've ever seen in my entire life. Kevin Roos, who is a tech activist at the New York Times. He's not a journalist. He's an activist. Hey, every day he tweets out a list of various articles that are performing well on Facebook. This is designed specifically in order to pressure Facebook to shut down those articles because what he will say is, why look at that? Ben Shapiro's page is performing really well. Why look at that? Dan Bongino's page is performing really well. Why, oh my goodness, Daily Wire is getting heavy traffic via Facebook. That's because Facebook is committed to disinformation. So he put out a tweet and- I believe that Facebook is uh, committed to disinformation, but they also have Breitbart News as their fact checker. Breitbart fucking news. Andrew Breitbart, fucking uh, Steve Bannon, right wing as far as you can possibly go, fact checking for Facebook. They're like one of their certified news outlets. And there's also a recent study that Facebook has an incredibly large conservative bias. And so for him to pick them as the victim here when obviously Twitter and Jack Dorsey is a much easier victim, very interesting to me. Here is the tweet. Facebook is absolutely teeming with right-wing misinformation right now. These are all among the 10 most engaged URLs on the platform over the last 24 hours. Okay, then he proceeded to present four headlines. Every single one of the headlines is true. One was from Daily Wire, two were from Breitbart, and one was from Bongino.com. Every single one of those headlines was factually true. Two of those headlines were actually reported in similar terms by the New York Times itself, the publication. Let's go to the two of them were reported by New York Times. Holy bipartisan. Okay, then he proceeded to present... I'm going to rewind it a little bit just so I can find them. Every single one of the headlines is true. One was from Daily. Republican in Michigan goes from loser to winner after technical glitch. Fixed officials urge confidence in system. But I feel like he would have picked and flagged it because of uh, what's actually inside of the article and not necessarily the headline in it. Um, I'm going to type this in, and I bet the first one that comes up is the Daily Wire. Oh, it's not. But apparently there was a fact check here from WCNC Charlotte that has too many pop-ups. Get the fuck up out of my face. Republicans claimed a glitch on software used across Michigan gave additional votes uh, gave Biden additional votes, but the state said it was human error that did not affect the totals. So Ben Shapiro's headline is technically wrong because it says uh, uh, technical glitch, even though they're claiming it was a human error. But of course, the technical glitch thing fits in the narrative that Dominion is the one who 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 uh who rigged this whole thing because it's owned by Venezuela and Venezuela is a socialist. Daily Wire? Tour from Breitbart? Uh, let's see the Breitbart ones. Oh, man. 
I wish there was a more precise fast forward. One was from Daily Wire. Yep. Two are from Purdue Loeffler call on Georgia Secretary of State to resign over election. Um, yeah, because Purdue and Loeffler are running in Georgia. AG William Barr authorizes DOJ to look into voting irregularities. I don't, yeah, I think they might have, but uh, the DOJ actually eventually came out and said that there right, weren't Bart. any. And one was from Bond. Uh Michigan legislature holds rare emergency session to investigate election irregularities. So I, I feel like with the other three, because Ben Shapiro's uh, headline was actually wrong because it wasn't technical, it was human error. But uh, the other one here... The other two might have misinformation inside the articles themselves and not necessarily the headlines. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, there's the Dan Bongino. Uh, yeah, I mean, they might have called a emergency session but uh yeah i'm not 100 percent sure what the misinformation specifically would have been inside of the articles themselves it might have been just the fact that they're still claiming that it's irregularities from dominion even though attorney general william barr said that there was no reason to seize those machines but i guess i'll read the the first paragraph here from the dan bongino website the Detroit Free Press reported that Michigan, that the Michigan State Legislature held a joint hearing of the House and Senate Oversight Committee Committees on Saturday. State lawmakers issued a subpoena to state election officials requesting documents related to Michigan's election process. They will inv be investigating possible election irregularities, which, again, they did not find any. The article indicated that it is rare for the legislature to call a hearing on a Saturday and equally rare for a legislative committee to issue a subpoena. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have to read the entire article before I find where exactly the misinformation would come from, but I wouldn't believe it. Dan Bongino is one of those kind of fringe right-wing dudes. Um, that's why, you know, a lot of people haven't heard of him. There's a wonderful song out there, though, that this guy wrote how he wanted Dan Bongino to be his dad, and I fucking love it. Bongino.com. Every single one of those headlines was factually true. Two of those headlines were actually reported in similar terms by the New York Times itself. The public. I, I like, I like how he says that the headlines are factually true when you have to really like consider the information past the headlines. Ben, location he works for. So when he was called on this, that this isn't misinformation. Here is how Kevin Roos responded. He said, "Quote for the conservatives who are mad about this. Yes, it is possible for a story to be factually accurate, and." for it to be part of a misinformation campaign aimed at undermining confidence in an election. Oh, okay, so that's actually where that comes from. Um, but yeah, that that was a terrible take, actually. Um, you could just at least acknowledge that it's a part of a narrative that is to, that, that the whole point is to hurt the integrity of our elections. That's what it was. So in other words, it's not that he is targeting false stories that are misinformation. He is targeting stories that are true, but do not back a narrative that he likes. And this is the game. The narrative this is the game. The narrative is false because, like, if you go back through like elections throughout like history, you'll be able to find like cases of small amounts of voter fraud. You'll be able to find human errors in counting. You'll be able to find everything that has happened 
in this election through past elections. But as far as widespread rigging and fraud, that whole narrative is in order to make Trump feel better and then also swing a bunch of Republicans further to the right. And social media buys into it because social media is staffed by Silicon Valley liberals and woke staffers. And they are eager to. I love that. I love their buzzwords. Silicon Valley, like elites, like fuck them. Woke people, fuck them too. Like it's just these buzzwords that just get those those right wingers gyrating. You know, I, I love it. Jump into that iron triangle: Democratic Party, media, social media. They are eager to jump in on the formation of that iron triangle. And this is why you had in the in the run up to the election, social media censoring and suppressing all information related to, for example, Hunter Biden. Right, that story was suppressed by Twitter. Jack Dorsey himself acknowledged to Congress that the New York Post story was not misinformation. They had no information that it was misinformation. Here's Jack Dorsey saying exactly that. Do any of you have any, any? The thing that I find interesting about it too, though, is that Fox News didn't want to initially put up the story until like every other right-wing narrative had picked it up because they they didn't want that smoke, you know? So um, I just find it interesting that it was something that Fox News turned down to cover, but then still brought it up all the fucking time. Inspiration whatsoever. They're not authentic or that they are Russian disinformation. Mr. Dorsey. We, we don't. You know, so, so why, would, why would you censor it? Why did you prevent that from being disseminated on your platform that is supposed to be for the free expression of ideas and particularly true ideas? We believe to fell afoul of our hacking materials policy. Facebook suppressed the story preemptively, saying that it had yet to be fact-checked. Okay, well, every story that is distributed on Facebook virtually has yet to be fact-checked when it's originally posted. But that's the standard. If it doesn't agree with the narrative... I don't agree with that either. I feel like a lot of uh, stories that are pushed out by, like, mainstream... Not New York Post, but most, uh, I don't know, news outlets, most of them have to do their fact checking in order to hold their own uh, integrity on the line. So that's that's a weird claim as if like everybody just pu puts out news all the time and then we fact check it later. N no. <laughs> Social media will now suppress that. So that is the iron triangle by which information is suppressed. That is worth points in polls. It is worth points in voting booths to Democrats. And you see that this iron triangle between the Democrats and the media and social media to suppress narratives and to promulgate particularly false narratives. This is had a my favorite thing, too, is this iron triangle thing. It has these like iron curtain kind of vibes to it, which, you know, of course, like those Soviet fucks <laughs> long shelf life over the past few years. Overtly false narratives have been pushed for years. The most obvious false narrative was the Russian collusion narrative. We heard for years Donald Trump was a cat's paw of Vladimir Putin. He's in Putin's pocket. He's some sort of traitor. Here are a bevy of media outlets saying just that. Breaking news, President Trump off the rails. It was the beginning of the end today. The beginning of the end. Breaking news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning of the end. The beginning. I mean, the liberals really had a lot of faith in the uh, Mueller investigation, but the thing that I guess they didn't anticipate too hard, or they did, and they're just a bunch of fucking weak failures, is that they didn't anticipate for William Barr to be trump's lawyer to actually like redact a lot of information in the Mueller report which we still haven't gotten the unredacted version full of more information that we could have like it's uh uh this is this is bonkers but like yeah the the, the liberals really hoped that this was going to be the nuke to the trump campaign but william barr stepped up and just fucking jumped on that grenade
King of the end. The walls are closing in. The walls closing in. The walls closing in. It's over. The walls closing in. The walls closing in. This is going to be the Achilles heel. Breaking news tonight. I expect. I mean, you can't ignore Paul Manafort's Ukraine connections or his Russian connections, nor the meeting that Don Jr. took up at Trump Tower. So, like, with uh, Russian elected officials, so like, or not elected officials, but Russian agents. So, like, you, you can you can spin the narrative, but you can't ignore that. Like, Paul Manafort and the meeting, like those things happened, and then also too the oddity of the uh, the Hillary Clinton email dump shortly after Trump said there, like, Russia, if you could hack the emails, that would be so wonderful, to a crowd of Americans. Expect Trump to depart. This week will be the watershed week. Trump is in big trouble. Trump's in a lot of trouble. It's a sign of a terrified old man who feels the walls closing in. The walls are increasingly closing in on him. Tonight, the walls are closing in. Today. Yeah, that's very funny, too, that he's doing that, like, that like that edit that's similar to that Sinclair video showing that like all the news basically get these scripts to read off of and like I said earlier the the, the libs they're they're not innocent of this like they have a a party and the party needs propaganda uh so I don't know I give them points for for the edit which obviously should go to the editing guy but um yeah it's yeah yeah, I, I, I do feel bad for the liberals at this point. I never thought that Trump would actually, like, get any of the consequences that obviously he des- he deserved. Um, he, he was president, and there's so much power in that position. It, I, you know, yeah, I don't know. There was just so much damning evidence against Nixon that he really couldn't, you know, swerve out of it. Trump was really professional at it by keeping himself at a distance up until the Ukraine call, where he did the same exact thing that he did with the Russian quote-unquote hoax except like yet again he was able to squirm his way out of it because the, the 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 whole democratic impeachment process was bound to fail with a full republican senate changed everything this is the beginning of the end that idea that trump is a threat to american democracy because of russian collusion that never materialized didn't matter the media went for it all the way and then they simply shifted you'll remember that the editor of the new york times dean Baquette, the publisher of the new york times he actually came out and he said, after the Russian collusion thing fell apart, he said, I think we're going to restaff all of our people to focus in on racism. And just like that, the narrative turned. I wish he actually had a, a quote from him to, to pr- prove that, because I feel like he's just going to bring up the 1619 project, um, which, you know, I think probably would have been, you know, years of work and not necessarily like, oh, OK, let's switch over and just claim that America is super racist. And suddenly, the focus went from Donald Trump works for Vladimir Putin to Donald Trump is white supremacist. And magically, that became the narrative. Yeah, and, you know, it's the past evidence shows that in certain aspects, Donald Trump is a white supremacist, maybe not to the level of the KKK, but he could probably believe that the white man is supposed to be on top. But to the very least, the very bare minimum, Trump is a white supremacist apologist where he's willing to look the other way when white supremacy is happening. And his border policy doesn't really help argue the fact that he's not a white supremacist either. Members of the media just started repeating that Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Of course he doesn't denounce white supremacy, Sonny, because he is a white supremacist. Americans have to decide whether they want a white supremacist in the White House. We've never had it before. Maybe we didn't know we had it, but we certainly know we had it. <laughs> we didn't know we had it. We've never had it before. Oh my God. Like, what? What it? 
what? Like, this is obviously why I don't watch The View. Not because it's a panel full of women, but because of a take like that. The fact that she thinks that America has never had a white supremacist president. What? <laughs> wow. No, that is that is uh, ahistorical. Oh, my God. Yeah, now. Yeah. And then they decided not only... Like, like, Woodrow Wilson took the very first movie that was ever made in America, the most racist movie ever made... Birth of a Nation, and filmed it inside the White House. And he invited people to watch it with him. To lie about Donald Trump being a white supremacist. I mean, for example, John Roberts at Fox had this exchange with Kayleigh McEnany in which she literally explained, she reads him a list of quotes in which Donald Trump says he is not a white supremacist and hates white supremacy. And John Roberts at Fox is like, what if I don't believe you? But also, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. That's how you denounce white supremacy right there. Well, who cares? You're wrong. As the person who speaks for the president, does the president denounce white supremacism and groups that espouse it in all their forms? This has been answered yesterday by the president himself. The day before, by the president himself on the debate stage, the president was asked this. He said, sure, three times. Yes. He said, sure, three times. My mom used to get mad at me when I used sure as an answer. Because it's not like you're actually an affirmative yes. You're just like, honestly, listen to how this sounds. Do you denounce white supremacy? Sure. You hear how that sounds? You hear how that sounds? It sounds kind of passive, aggressive, dismissive. Passive dismissive, actually. No aggression in that whatsoever. Just dismissive. Just sure, can we move on? Yesterday, he was point blank, blank asked, do you uh, denounce white supremacy? And he said, I've always denounced any form of that. I can go back any and read for that. you um, in August 2019. <laughs> in one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry and white supremacy. Oh, my God. Like, I honestly like humans and us fucking with our language. It's just so fun for us to play around that. Like, we can just like we. we we can like move the words to sound like we're doing something when in reality in the back of our mind or behind closed curtains we're doing something completely different see in august of 2017 racism is evil and those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs including the kkk neo-nazis white supremacists and other hate groups i have an entire list of these quotes that i can go through with you he has condemned white supremacy more than any president in modern history just to clear it up this morning can you naming it make a declarative statement that you did not that the president denounces i just did but again the narrative <laughs> he's like can i get a statement that is clear for today and she's like i just went over those quotes from before before today and it's 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 just so obvious that like kaylee mcinney was put in her position same with like what was his name sean spicer and oh what was her name the, the one before that uh huckabee um like obviously they they were there to be opposition and reactionary to journalism to journalists like it was never to actually answer and put forth information it was always to steer the narrative and always oppose anybody who asked a question that would counter that narrative it's so uh, obvious narrative above all the media are worth points to the democrats a few weeks ago the democratic narrative pushed by the media and pushed by social media is that voter suppression was on the horizon. That Donald Trump was going to steal the election via screwing around with the votes. Now, 
They did. I mean, Trump's lawyers argue that in certain states that they should throw out votes, um, saying that they were illegal votes. So in a way, Trump did attempt to disenfranchise voters. And yeah, yeah, that's all I need to say right there. And when Donald Trump questions voter fraud and voter irregularity, he's the bad guy. But when it was Democrats pushing the idea that voter irregularities were commonplace, it was considered a narrative worth hearing about. Donald Trump was overtly a threat to democracy. It is commonplace for like these small cases to happen. It's been happening for a while where there's human errors. There is double ballots. Voter fraud was at like 0.0005% or something like that. Like it's a thing that happens, but it's never on a large scale. Even with Trump fucking up the USPS to slow down the receive, uh, them receiving the, the mail-in ballots. Even then he's still, still lost. See, this was a, a message pushed by the Democratic Party laundered through the media, and then pushed into social media at exorbitant rates. For example, here's Barack Obama saying that Donald Trump is trying to discourage people from voting. What we've seen in a way that- Yeah, because it's a pandemic. And he said that mail-in voting is the worst and that nobody should be doing mail-in voting and they should go and vote in the polls, which is basically saying that you should go possibly catch COVID in order to practice your democracy. Like, yeah, that's incredibly discouraging, especially with if we didn't have mail-in voting, we would have had massive lines for that, for the for the in-person voting, and people wouldn't have been able to vote, or they would have been outside all fucking day until midnight when the polls closed, which not even all of them stayed open till midnight. If we actually went where like the election was held during that day from this the midnight before to the midnight after, then like still not every American would have voted. Trump was working on trying to get as many people not to vote as he possibly could. That is unique to modern political history is a president who's explicit in trying to discourage people from voting. What we've never seen before is a president say, I'm going to try to actively kneecap the postal service. <laughs> <laughs> to encourage voting. And I will be explicit about the reason I'm doing it. Yeah, That's sort of unheard of. It was also AOC saying that Donald Trump was attacking the post office, that he was going to go out and burn the mailboxes. The postal service is how is not only how we send a ballot, it is how we get our medicine. It is how we send rent checks. It's where people are getting their tax refunds. It is a core service of any civilized society. And it is the only government establishment that is written into the constitution just like the senate and the house of uh representatives the u.s the united states postal service is in the constitution and an attack on our postal service and an attempt to dismantle our our postal service out of a selfish desire to sabotage our democracy and, and maintain a grip on power is an attack on all of us. This crap was pushed. So he said that she uh, said something about burning down mailboxes, and yet I didn't hear that once in the quote. In fact, I didn't hear anything about burning nothing. So who's pushing disinformation? Hmm? By the media, you had Rachel Maddow almost literally crying about the Postal Service. It's how we get our letters. It's how we get our ballots now because of the COVID crisis. It's the freaking fracking mail. We need it. But this is a fight against a thing that Americans actually and quite broadly love and respect and don't want to go away. 
This is the kind of fight that most Americans have a side they want to be on. And it is not the side that is stealing the mailboxes and telling us that, mm, yeah, it doesn't think you don't think it's going to work out for you to get your ballot in on time. No, oh, that. Uh, I don't think she cried again, like just exaggerating people to, I don't know, make them ridiculous. But like when I look at it now that he lied to me because she did not cry, um, he looks pretty ridiculous because he has to be that hyperbolic in order to get his point across. That was just a lie. It just wasn't true, but it didn't matter. It was pushed out. It was true. It was true. They defunded. And in August, he put in a new headmaster or uh, uh, a master general or whatever the fuck the head of the post office is called. And that guy like really went hard on putting down like the uh, the the what is it called? The uh, automatic sorting uh, machines like he took them down. That would slow up mail moving from the post office incredibly. So they did. They did do that. But anyway, so for four long years, all we heard was Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Donald Trump is a Russian colluder. Donald Trump is trying to undermine American democracy and destroy the republic from the inside. And then finally, we had the media pushing all these polls that ended up being pretty much complete garbage. So, you know, bad on me. I reported the polls because I assumed wrongly that pollsters had attempted to correct their mistakes. Apparently, they not only didn't correct their mistakes, they blew it even worse than they did the last time. By the way, one of the reasons the pollsters blew it is because the pollsters didn't detect a shy Trump effect. What was the shy Trump effect? It was members of the general American public who would not tell pollsters they were voting for Trump and would not tell their friends they were voting for Trump. You know why they wouldn't tell their friends they were voting for Trump? How is that a fault of the polls that the people that they polled lied to them? What? What? And like, how are you supposed to take into account people who would lie to a poll? I'll give you a hint. It has to do with that iron triangle. Democrats would push a message like Donald Trump was evil. The media would pick up that message. That message would get pushed around on social media. And then you wouldn't want to tell any of your friends because you were afraid you would get canceled. You were afraid yeah. your boss would fire you. And so you didn't tell the pollster. If you're afraid to get canceled for your beliefs, then you need to retire from having beliefs. I don't <laughs> Your beliefs have now been canceled here on Talks News because you're afraid of being canceled for your beliefs. Like you can face the like freedom of speech is a part of the Constitution, but you have to be willing to face the consequences of your freedom of speech, which may uh, mean opposition to whatever bullshit you're spewing. So you had the media pushing these these polls about how Trump was getting blown out in Wisconsin, it was narrow. How he was getting blown out in Michigan, it was narrow. He was getting blown out in Pennsylvania, it was narrow. He had all of these polls being pushed. And he still lost those states. <laughs> and the polls turned out not to be right. The media were not worth eight to 10 points. And here's the thing too, is that like, did everybody who was polled, were they voting? Did they vote? Like there's there's a lot to this and uh, yeah, whatever. What, what For Joe Biden ever. in this election. They're worth all the points for Joe Biden in this election. Joe Biden literally sat in his basement and did nothing. And the media asked him about what flavor of ice cream he was eating. True. They accused Donald Trump, true. meanwhile, of killing 200,000 people. Joe Biden. I mean, yeah, he uh, he increased the covid pandemic by doing literally nothing and then also spreading misinformation. A third of misinformation about covid came from the president and laid out this message. Here is Joe Biden laying out the message. Two hundred twenty thousand Americans dead. If you hear nothing else I say tonight, hear this. Anyone who's responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm, I take no responsibility initially, anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. 
And then, of course, you had Brianna Keeler of CNN basically laying out that message, too, just right in unison. There are 220,417 reasons to talk about coronavirus. There are nearly 60,000 cases per day in the U.S. and rising. The person whose response has failed on most objective measures is not fixing his government's approach to the crisis. Instead, he's suggesting we just ignore it. The president doesn't even regularly acknowledge the huge loss of life that we've experienced here in the last nine months. Now, acknowledge that when he could have done more in April, he said that it would be gone by Easter. So, yeah, he has everything to do with how bad it is here. That's the reason why we are number one in every situation when it comes to total cases, total deaths, and even deaths per day. In fact, he has instead questioned whether that horrifying number is accurate. 220,000 dead. Meanwhile, if you questioned the policies of Andrew Cuomo, if you questioned lockdown policy, if you questioned actually the differential rates of COVID deadliness via population tranche, you were at risk of being censored by YouTube. You're at risk of being censored by Facebook and Twitter. I don't know about that necessarily, but like, you know, if you're going to question Cuomo's response, a lot of the time it was for them to pivot away from Trump's. So like, I don't think anybody really got censored for, uh, uh, I guess, critiquing Cuomo. But, you know, most people on the right would bring up Cuomo because they didn't want to talk about Trump. Okay, this is the game. This is the game. And this is going to be the game. And that's not to let Cuomo off the hook. Um, Cuomo definitely did fuck up. So, um, yeah. For the foreseeable future. The media were worth the margin of the election to Joe Biden many times over here. Moving forward, the media have completely undercut their credibility in pursuit of Trump. So what are we going to do about it? We got to build an alternative media. We have. You guys have been doing that for decades. The thing is, though, is that the only reason why this new segment is here is the same reason why Trump would always say fake news is to put the divide between um, Americans and journalists who have opposing views to them. So if you're an American and you read something that opposes your view, Ben Shapiro just wants you to go fake news and ignore it. That is the whole spiel that is getting here. This is that's the whole point of this segment is to uh, disconnect people from journalists who don't uh, affirm their already existing biases. Have to build a replacement for the media. The media do not deserve your trust. They do not deserve your dollars. We're trying to do that over here at Daily Wire. This is why you should come subscribe over at Daily Wire. But you shouldn't just subscribe at Daily Wire. You should go subscribe to our friends at Blaze TV. You should, you should just immerse yourself in the right-wing echo chamber. That way you will never hear an opposing worldview. You give a donation to PragerU. You should support alternative sources. Do not give a donation to PragerU. They get enough corporate money. Sources of information. Because the media cannot be trusted not to twist elections. They cannot be trusted not to lie to you and suppress information. I'm pretty sure, like, Dennis Prager is a, is a millionaire. So you don't really need to fund a millionaire through donations. Damn, Prager's only worth $10 million? I thought it would have been more than that. All right. But yeah, my, my point still stands. He's a ten 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 dollar millionaire, so uh, you don't need to donate him. He'll be fine. And declare themselves the defenders of democracy in doing so. 
Well, and that's the thing is I don't really like liberal media, but it it has been said for a very long time. Oh God, Glenn Greenwald. Whoo, should I? No, I'm gonna skip it. Anyways, that's the whole thing is that when journalism really came out and it was separated from the state, because initially too, even the early uh, journalism in the United States was state journalism like state papers state newspapers state propaganda eventually it actually became more of a critique and real you know real world views and that's when it really started to bring about the fourth estate the three being the executive branch legislative branch judicial branch and then to check all of them yeah the journalist branch and not really a part of a government so with like truly independent and alternative media you can get that that checks and balances from the journalism who keeps an eye on all three of the other uh, governmental bodies. Um, but, of course, Ben Shapiro says, don't listen to any of that. And if it's left-leaning, especially don't listen to that and go subscribe and donate to all these right-wing corporate medias. Um, and how ridiculous. And what a waste of time. And you could fill your, your your head with so much more. There was a study that came out that found that Fox, if, uh, Fox News viewers, like regular viewers, were less informed than people who consumed no news at all. So just let that thought marinate as this episode ends. Thank you for joining Tox News. I've been your host on Twitter, YouTube, and other stuff. Do, do things with your life and... Uh, I don't know. Be proud of it. That's that's my goodbye. Happy New Year, bitches. Oh, yeah. Where'd the music go? Where'd the music go? Is that the music? Yeah, buddy.